comparatively small price of total surrender to God is nothing compared with the spiritual riches that become yours when you give Him your all. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Surrender is not a four-letter word. In fact, it's the pathway to freedom. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us this time. Today, we're continuing the series, Two Keys to Knowing God's Will. You know, Jesus had a whole lot to say about surrender. He encouraged us to surrender to God, to His will for our lives, and He said, He who seeks to save his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Today on Life Talk, we're going to be talking about one of the most important keys to knowing God's will, and that is the key of surrender. So let's go right to the message, surrender is not a four-letter word. The mercies of God. While we were yet sinners, which means that we were at enmity with God. We were at war with God. We were separated from God. But while we were spitting in his face, he stretched out his arms and his feet, and they nailed him to that tree. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God. When you stop thinking about what Jesus did for us, It's no big deal to give him your body. It's your reasonable, logical, commonsensical service because look what he did for you. And Romans goes on and tells us how we access this great salvation. We don't do it by our own works, our own deeds, by doing what we think is right. But no, we access this salvation by faith and faith alone because Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. The Bible says in Romans 3.25, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. When Jesus hung on that cross, get this, God was presenting him. God was presenting him. Here you go. Here's my son on the cross. Why are you doing it, Lord? My mercies, my grace. He presented him. And he continues to present him. He presents the crucified Savior and the resurrected Savior to the entire world. I'm presenting him to you. And he's the way, the truth, and the life. And you won't get to the Father. You won't get to me but through him. And there is not another name given among men whereby we must be saved but the name Jesus Christ. But he didn't stop there. Talk about the mercies of God. Romans 3.28 says that having placed our faith in the atoning power of the blood of Christ, when we say, Lord, I place my faith in what you did, I place my faith in that blood that ran down that old rugged tree, that precious blood, that crimson stain, that blood that never sinned, that perfect sacrificial blood. When I put my faith in that, then it says we are justified by faith. Justified means just as if you never did it. Can I tell you that God 
has amnesia when it comes to your sin and mine. Because the Bible says when we come to him and he forgives us, he forgets about it. It ain't interesting. The devil wants to remind you of it, but God wants you to forget about it because he forgot about it and he's washed it away. He says, I'll put your sin in the deepest part of the ocean. I'll remove your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. And, and the Bible calls that the mercies of God. How many of you are glad for the mercies of God? Amen. We sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was so lost, but now I'm so found. Was blind, but now I see. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. And then as I continued and started to walk with him based on that grace, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Was grace that brought me this far, and grace will lead me home. Thank God for that amazing grace. And that amazing grace was wrapped up in the mercies of God. So Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, in light of these mercies of God that I told you about in the first 11 chapters, that you give him your bodies and by implication, all that you are, all that you have, all that you ever wanted to be. You give him all of you because when we give him all of us, he gives us all of him. It's a really great trade. We get the better deal out of it, let me tell you. Now watch this. Giving your body, all of you, to the Lord is the beginning of what the Bible calls sanctification. And that's a, kind of a long word. Why don't you say it with me, sanctification. See, when you say, Lord, I give you all of me, I give myself to you, I give my body to you, that's the first step in sanctification. Now let me tell you what that means. Sanctification is simple. It just means I set something aside for special use. I set something aside for special use. This certain something is, is special. It's not for common things. So I'm going to set it aside for myself. Sanctification. It means that you dedicate something. You separate something. That's where the Bible says, Come apart from the world and be ye separate, says the Lord. What fellowship does light have with darkness or Christ with Belial? Don't be unequally yoked because you are sanctified. And Paul said in Thessalonians, he said, faithful is he who calls you to sanctification, who also will do it. And he says, he will sanctify you body, soul, and spirit. He will set your body, your soul, and your spirit aside for himself. Sanctified, set aside for special use. Now, the best way I know to explain this is, let's talk about China. Not the place, but the plates. Take your valuable China as an example. Have you ever noticed, we don't put China in normal cupboards. We place it in a China cabinet. Why? Because it's special. We can say the China is sanctified. It's more valuable than normal plates. It's special. So we set it aside and we display it in a china cabinet because it is unlike all other plates, saucers, cups, and whatnot. 
We don't bring our china out to put the kids' hot dogs on where they can sit in front of the TV on Saturday morning and watch cartoons with hot dogs and potato chips on top of our china. No, we go get paper plates knowing that whatever we use will soon be destroyed. We wouldn't dream of giving them the china because china is reserved for special use, special occasions, holidays, those important people you want to impress. When, when there's a high occasion, you bring out that china and you lay it on the table and there it is and you look at it and you go, there it is. That, that's what I've been keeping aside for special use. Now, let me just tell you this. You, as the church, are God's china. So I don't feel like China, and I don't look like China. Well, let me tell you something. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a called out and sanctified people set aside that you may show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's the special usage that God's got for his people to reflect him and glorify him and lift him up and make him known. That's what China is used for. God's China. Okay? So we are dedicated. We are consecrated we set ourselves aside for the Lord's work. And see, when we do that, then we're understanding what the blood did for you and for me. Because it says we have been purchased with a price, the blood of the Lamb. Not earthly currency, heavenly currency, the blood of the Lamb. And since we have been purchased with a price, Corinthians says, therefore glorify God in your body which is the Lord's. So the idea behind presenting our bodies is that we are God's china, his special vessels for the work and the purposes of God. And we're set aside for that. And so when God wants to talk to somebody about Jesus, he pulls out the china. When God wants somebody prayed for, he pulls out his china. When God wants somebody to speak up for him, he pulls out his china. You know, I, I'm a treasure in earth and vessels, but right now I'm china talking to you sharing with you the word of God and your China. When you go out to the restaurant after this, China just walked into that restaurant. <laughs> Set aside for the master's use. You're not no paper plate. You're China. You're set aside for divine purposes. And when you give God your body, it's the outward evidence of an inward surrender. Let me tell you a little secret. All spiritual growth, power, and victory spring from this one fountain, this one foundation, this one defining moment in your life and mine, the hour of full surrender. The hour of full surrender. It's so important. You're saved, but it doesn't stop there. You didn't just get a ticket to heaven one day. But as soon as you were saved, God said, now sanctify yourself. Set yourself aside. You're in the world, but you're not of it. You're my China. I want you to set yourself aside for my use, for divine purposes, because there is a gift and a calling on every believer in the world. Every Christian has a gift and a calling. Every Christian is a minister. Every Christian is a reflector of his glory and his reality. The Bible says that giving God your body 
is the apex. It is the highest form of worship. Now, we just worshiped in here today, and it was a wonderful time of worship. I loved it. Our hands were raised. The presence of God fell. But you want to know what the highest form of worship is? Giving God your all. New King James says, it's your reasonable service. But I like what the RSV says, and there's a lot of versions that put it differently, but here's the RSV. It says it's your spiritual worship. To give God your body, it's your spiritual worship. It is the highest form of worship. The Phillips translation says it's your act of intelligent worship. It's intelligent. It's logical. In light of all these mercies that he gave to me, then it only makes logical, intelligent sense that I would say, well, in light of all this, then I give you all of me because you sure gave me all of you. You gave your life. And I've learned this, that if that doesn't happen, this intentional giving to God of our body, our life, if that doesn't happen, then we won't live a life worthy of the Lord. We won't. Here's why. Because we've always got ourselves getting in the way. You know who gets you in all your trouble? You. You say, no, the devil made me do it. No, the devil wouldn't have anything to work with if you were crucified. <laughs> he wouldn't have anything to work with. He can't do anything with dead people. And didn't Jesus say, if you're going to find life, you've got to die to yourself? Didn't Jesus say, if you're going to follow me, you've got to pick up your cross, and a cross always means you die? So you die to yourself. He said, I don't want to die to myself. Yes, you do, because it's yourself that's getting you in all the trouble. See, God uses crucified, sanctified people who have given all of themselves to him. And until you do that, yourself is going to get you in trouble through compromise. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, Paul said, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. The only way you're going to do that and the way I'm going to do that is if I give myself fully to the Lord. I read of a young military man returning from a war in which uh, he had done very bravely, and he had a medal pinned on him by a high-ranking general. And the general said this when he pinned the medal on him. He said, the way you have acted is a credit to your uniform. I read that and I thought, one day the Lord's going to put a crown on us. And you know what he's going to say? Well done. The way you have acted was a credit to your faith. That's what we want to hear. But you know what, church? That's never going to happen unless we present our bodies to the Lord in sanctification. And say, Lord, I'm no longer my own. I'm bought with a price. I am fully yours. And this makes the difference between carnal Christians and spiritual Christians, victorious Christians and defeated Christians, joyful Christians and miserable Christians. There's no more miserable Christian than one that's got one foot in the kingdom and the other in the world. There's no more miserable Christian than the one who doesn't spend time with God. Dusty Bibles lead to dirty lives. We need to stay in the Word and stay with Him and give Him. So say with me, give Him my body. Remember now, that's one of the key. He said that's the first important key in knowing what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You will discern the will of God far better when you have given yourself to him. But then he went on and it gets scarier. He said, you're a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. That sounds painful to me. A living sacrifice. But listen, in the Old Testament, we know that when anytime there was a sacrifice made like for, for atonement, the people's atonement, the animal was killed. So anytime there was a sacrifice, the animal was always dead. 
But he says, he says here, I want you to present your bodies a living sacrifice. I want you to be living for me, totally for me, totally surrendered to me while you're alive. Conversation is said to have taken place between a hen and a hog. And when they passed a certain church, they started talking because they saw the subject of the pastor's sermon on, on the outside. And the sermon's title was this, how can we help the poor? So they saw the sermon title, the hen and the hog. And as they were continuing walking, they talked. And after a moment of silence, the hen perked up and said, hey, I know what we can do. We can give the poor a ham and egg breakfast. The hog stopped in his tracks and said, wait a minute, dude. Such a breakfast would be a contribution for you, but for me it would be total commitment. Because you're giving an egg and I'm becoming the bacon. Now, listen. Now, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I'm just going to stay with the illustration for a minute. In the church, there are hens and there are hogs. Now, don't go out here and say, Pastor Jeff called me a pig at church. <laughs> I'm not. I'm staying with the illustration for a minute, okay? But here's the deal. Hogs give their very all to the Lord Jesus and become living sacrifices for him. But many Christians, they take the chicken way out. They're chickens in the house of God. You know what they do? They go to church a couple of Sundays a month, and they say, well, there's my egg. I just made my contribution. I showed up. Or they put a little tip into the offering. Some waitresses get better tips than Jesus does. Have you ever noticed how big a $100 bill looks at church and how small it looks at Walmart? We pull out a $100 bill in church and go, oh, no way. I just, nah, hallelujah. Where's the one? We say, the $1 bill. But at Walmart, that $100 bill goes just like that, and we're happy about it. We take the chicken way out. We lay eggs. We put a little tip in the offering and say, well, there's my contribution to the cause. But then there's the hogs, the sold out, the committed, the yielded, the fully surrendered. And here's one talking, Paul. He says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying the good news of God's grace. That's all I care about. So at the end of his life, and here's what, here's what I want on my tombstone. I've fought the good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. He could not have said that if he had not had a defining moment of full surrender to God. Because until you fully surrender, yourself will get in the way of God's will. That's why Jesus could go to the cross. How did he get there? Not my will, he said in the garden, but thine be done. You know what he was saying right there? I am fully surrendered to the purpose of God. I don't want to be nailed to a tree. I don't want to be beaten beyond recognition. And if I listen to myself, I'm not going to do it. But I'm fully surrendered. I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race, finish why I came, 
and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. And that ought to be the heartbeat, the per thump, 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 thump in every Christian believer, everyone. It ought to be my only concern is to finish the task the Lord has given to me. That's my heartbeat. That's what pours through my veins. That is the fire in my heart. That is the dream of my life, the aspiration of my soul. That is it. It's the hogs that walk closely with Jesus. The ones totally surrendered. And it's those that discover the deep riches of Christ. It's the chickens that are always on the periphery, walking around, the outside looking in, sort of in and out, there but not. In the news, I read a story about an express package from England that came to a South African town. The man to whom the box was sent refused to pay the delivery fee because he thought it was too high. So for about 14 years, get this, for about 14 years, true story, for about 14 years, this box that was sent to this man that he wouldn't pay the delivery charge on was used as a footstool in the express office. The one to whom it was sent finally died, and later the box was put up at auction with other unclaimed articles. And out of curiosity, a man in the audience said, well, I'm curious. And he made a low bid on it. He shot a low bid, low price. He got it home and he opened it. And when he opened it, he was greatly surprised to find several thousands of dollars worth of sterling in English banknotes. Because the intended recipient had refused to pay a comparatively tiny delivery charge, he had missed a fortune. Listen, church, the comparatively small price of total surrender to God is nothing compared with the spiritual riches that become yours when you give him your all. It's a great deal. Or I surrender all. And God pours out his best. Riches, experiences, direction, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Remember, you will never be what you ought to be until you do what you ought to do. How many of you want to be like Jesus? More like Jesus. You want to be more like Jesus? You ought to, because that would be really wonderful. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. That was all. That's all a description of Jesus. The Bible says when we fully surrender as a living sacrifice, it says it is acceptable to God, which means well-pleasing to God. It's interesting when you consider that so much of what Jesus taught is contrary to the way we think. To live, we must die. To get, we should give. And to experience promotion, we must first serve. And to experience true freedom, we must surrender our freedom to Him. But that's the way the kingdom works. And here at Life Talk, we want nothing more than for you to experience success in your Christian life. And that's why we're making a very special offer to our Life Talk listeners. Here's our announcer to tell you more. Surrender is not a four-letter word. It's the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Two Keys to Knowing God's Will. You can own a copy of this two-CD set for just $10 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. 
Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the series Two Keys to Knowing God's Will for only $10 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. For those of you who will help Life Talk reach America with God's Word, Jeff has written a beautiful booklet entitled, Let the Journey Continue, The Spirit-Filled Life. Let the Journey Continue is a beautifully designed companion booklet to our last month's offer, Let the Journey Begin. Let the Journey Continue explains in a simple, easy-to-read style what the Bible teaches about walking in the Spirit. This will surely be a helpful addition to your spiritual resources library. And Let the Journey Continue would make a great gift for that teen in the house, friend, co-worker, or spouse that might be struggling to understand how to live the Christian life in victory. Don't miss this beautifully illustrated little booklet for a gift of any size to helping Life Talk take God's Word to America. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.